And so today we're going to talk about God's holiness, that God is holier than we are. Holy just means, really, the simplest way to define holy is it just means he's set apart. He's different. He's different than you are. It's so important for you to understand God is fundamentally different from you, and you will never be God. I think it, that's hard for us as Americans today to understand because we have so much control in our life. We have, now that we have the Internet of Things, you, know, we, you can turn the lights on with your voice, which kind of is like being like God. You know, God spoke. He spoke the world into existence, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. You can now program that into your home system where you can say, you can wake up and say, let there be light, and there's light in your living room. And you could be like, you know, let the temperature be 69, you know, and your wife's like, no, let it be 71. And you're like, no, let it be 67, right? And you could, you, I mean, we've, sometimes I think in our lives, we, we have so much control, we have, we have so much comfort, we have so much it's, I mean, it's, it's an unprecedented time to live in. And we, we can, we can kind of, I think, live under the illusion that we are powerful, that we are set apart, that we're, we're, we're God-like. And so today, we're going to take a look at that in, in God's Word. If you have a Bible, we're going to be looking at two spots today. One is in Isaiah chapter 6, and the other one is uh, backwards a little bit in Second Chronicles 26. Now, I'll have the, the words up on the screen, but if you want to follow along with me, I'm going to start in Isaiah chapter 6. When I think about God's holiness, this is the image I think about. This, this is the picture I think about. It's Isaiah, the prophet of God. It says in chapter 6, verse 1, it was in the year, of, the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and attaining, attending him were mighty seraphim, that, that was, those were angels, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other. This is kind of like a, a picture of the throne room of God. We see some of, this, some, some of the echoes of this in Revelation when we read more about what the throne is going to be like and what, uh, what, uh, the, what the presence of God is going to be like. And it says that these seraphim were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord's is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And it says their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Now that's scary. If you've ever been in an earthquake before, if you've ever been in a, maybe in a, in a plane where there's been a lot of turbulence and you've, you're freaking out, like that's a, that's a scary situation. And it says in verse five, Isaiah said, it's all over! I love his response here. I want you to see this is a response of a guy who understands the holiness of God because he's in the presence of God and it's freaking him out. He says, it's all over, I'm doomed. For I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people of filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. And that, to me, that's the response of a of a, of a guy who is in the presence of God who all of a sudden realizes he's not as big as he thinks he is. He's lived his life. He's, he feels pretty good about himself. And then, he, and then he encounters this being that is so other, so set apart, so holy, so different. And the seraphim know it. The angels know it. They're saying, holy, holy, holy. Not just not just. Holy cow. No, they're like, holy, holy, holy cow. 
They're saying this is, this is who God is. They understand who God is. They, they, they understand the nature of God. Sometimes we misunderstand the nature of God. Sometimes we get too casual with God. Even here at Alpine Church, I think we can get too casual with God. We, we, you know, we have guys on, on stage that are playing music. They've got a hat on, and, and preachers are preaching. They don't have a tie on. And, and some, people, some of you might come in here and say, yeah, when I first came here, I thought you guys are too casual. You guys are too casual. And you know what? That might be true, not with our dress, but with how we approach God. And may we never, may we never sort of mistake, I think God allows us to enter into his presence. We're going to talk about that today. But may we never mistake that for thinking that God is just like us, that he's Buddy Jesus, that he's Morgan Freeman, that he's, he's you know, he's, he, has, he has come down to our level and now he's just, we're just like, what do you think about this, God? And he gives us some advice, and we take it like we're taking it from a friend. Okay, well, that's your opinion. Thank you. And to be honest with you, as we're going to look at here, is a lot of the way, on a practical level, a lot of the way that, that we see we're too casual with the holiness of God is what we do with his counsel. When someone says something to us, or when we're reading God's word, or when someone's up here teaching, and they're, they're sharing something that's kind of a challenge, or they're asking you to sign up for kids' church in the name of Jesus, and it's, you know, when, when, so, when, when someone is giving, like, good, solid, biblical counsel, and we're like, oh, I'll think about that. Because what we're doing in that moment is we're, we're saying, God's not that set apart. God, here's God's opinion. And here's my opinion. And after all, we, the way we define sin is sin is, is trusting and acting on your own opinions and feelings rather than trusting and acting in God's opinion, which is the truth. God's opinion is the truth. When you and your wife get into an argument, the truth is probably somewhere in between you, probably closer to your wife, but it's somewhere in between you. When you and God get in an argument, the truth is always on his side. So when you're arguing with someone here on earth who's not set apart, who's, who's a person like you, when you're arguing with someone here on earth, you have to usually kind of meet somewhere in the middle, usually. But when you're arguing with God, or when God gives you his counsel, or when God says this is how it is, and this is how it should be, and this is what I want you to do, when God says something, then we're supposed to say, I'm coming all the way over to you. I'm not going to try to assert my dominance. I'm not going to try to assert my opinion. I'm not going to pretend like I'm on the same level as you are because you are holy. You are set apart. God is set apart. And that's what Isaiah knew. And so Isaiah had never been in the presence of God before. He was always in the presence of people like us. But now when he's in the presence of God and he, see, and he, he just gets a glimpse of God, he falls to his knees and he becomes incredibly self-aware. And what does he say when he becomes self-aware? He says, I have unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And what he means is, he says, I am so not holy I am so not like you. I am so not pure. I am so broken. I am so diseased. I am so weak. I am so small. I am so in need of you, God. And that's the proper response when you get in the presence of God. So now I want to turn back to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Because actually in Isaiah 6, it talks about this all happened in the year that King Uzziah died. And interestingly, that's the story we're going to look at today. 
There's a guy named Uzziah, and we have to go quickly through this, but I want you to see what's happening here in, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Uzziah was a king, and he became a king at 16. Could you imagine becoming a king at 16? You just got your chariot's license, and now you're the king of a nation, you know? And the truth is, today, I want you to know that Uzziah started with the right response to God as a 16-year-old. He had seen his dad make some mistakes. He had seen his dad kind of assert his dominance. He had seen his dad, and you can read about this in the previous chapter, chapter 25, he had seen his dad reject the counsel of God, and he had to pay for it. And so maybe because of that, Uzziah, at 16, Uzziah said, I want to follow God. And so Uzziah started with the right response to God. Many of us have done that. Some of you might be here today and you say, I did start with the right response to God. When I was younger, I really understood God's holiness and and I submitted myself to God. And maybe today you find yourself in a different place. Well, this message is for you. Let's take a look at what it says. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jechaliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight just as his father Amaziah had done. Now that's a little bit generous because the Bible actually says in chapter 25, let me read it to you. It says Amaziah, his dad, did what was pleasing to the Lord's sight but not wholeheartedly. So And doesn't that sound like every single one of us in this room today? That we try to do what's pleasing in God's sight, but not wholeheartedly, that that it's so hard as a human being to give yourself over entirely to God, even if God is holy and set apart. It's so easy to say, I'm going to give this part of my life to God. I'm going to give this relationship to God. I'm going to give this part of my money to God. I'm going to give this part of my energy or my time to God. But we hold back some of it. And Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. And now it says that, that Uzziah, his son, did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight just as his father had done. Well, just as his father had done means he didn't do it wholeheartedly. It means there was a part of him, even at 16, and I couldn't imagine a 16-year-old boy not giving himself over fully to God, but there was, it, apparently it happened in the Old Testament one time. There was a part of him that didn't give himself over to God completely. And so it says that Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. I love this. Look at what he's saying. Is he had a counselor, he had a mentor, he had a discipler who taught him to fear God. Here's how you fear God. And he submitted himself. Are you submitted to anyone in your life? Men, are you submitted to, to a, maybe a, a mentor or a small group leader? Are you, submitted, are you submitted to God in your life? Are you in relationship with people that can do this for you? Because this is what's happening is Uzziah at 16 sought God And Zechariah, we don't even know who this guy is, but he taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. In fact, it says at the end of this section, in verse 15, his fame spread far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he he became very powerful. He built an army, he declared war, he won all these battles, he built fortified towers, so he's building infrastructure for Israel now. Like, he was a good king. He was doing a great job as a youngster because, because, he, because he sought God's counsel. 
and he, he became famous, and he became powerful. And if this was a movie right now, you'd hear some like ominous music because, because there's a transition that happens now. The reality is, is that he, Uzziah started off great, but what happened is that God seemed smaller as Uzziah got greater. And isn't that true for all of us? The better we do, the better we do, then, then the smaller God becomes for many of us. The better we do, the more we feel like we're God. We're in control. We're set apart. Look at me. Look at the heights I've reached in my life. I know this is true for me in my down times, in my desperate times. That's when I go to God and I seek God and I, I pull a Isaiah where I fall on my knees and I say, woe is me, I need help here. But when things are going great, when I'm winning battles, when my bracket's looking good, right? Now I'm like, I'm pretty good. I'm different from, I'm set apart from everybody else. And this is exactly what happened in Uzziah's life. Let's read some of it together. It says in verse 16, but when he had become powerful, he became proud, which led to his downfall. Ego, one, one friend of mine defined ego like this. It's E-G-O, edging God out. And that's exactly what he did. He started to edge God out of his life. And it says he sinned against the Lord, his God, by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Now, I just need to explain this real quick. But what happened is in, in the temple, in the Old Testament, there was a temple and it represented the holiness of God. The temple was, a, it was like a word picture for the holiness of God. And there was the outer courts and there were the inner courts and then there was the, the holy place inside the temple and then there was a curtain and on the other side of the curtain was the most holy place. And the most holy place is a place where only the high priest once a year was allowed to go. But right outside that was the altar of incense. And the altar of incense was a place where every day, morning and evening, the priests would go in after being ritually purified and cleansed. The priests would go in, and only the priests were allowed to go in and do this. The priests would go in, and they would offer up a sacrifice. They would burn incense before the God. It was part of what they had to do. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 30. And so what this is saying is that, that Uzziah sinned against the Lord by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple. He went into the sanctuary where only the priests were allowed to go. He entered into the sanctuary and he personally burned incense on the altar. He personally did that. He said, I'm pretty big now. Look at, all the, look at all the fame. Look at all the power. Look at how great I am now. And he started looking around. He's saying, I can do that. I, you, I don't need a priest to do that. I'm going to do that. And so he went in. He had, he had the gall to go in and overstep his bounds and go into the presence of God and do this. And what happens here, it says, Azariah the high priest went in after him. He runs in after him. And 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men, because this is the king. He'd, he'd killed, he was a warrior. He'd killed people in battle. He had all the authority, all the control as the king. He, it had gotten to his head. And so they, run, they rush in with, with courage because even though they understood that Uzziah was the king, they understood that God was the God. So, so to them, to them, God was set apart and Uzziah was just a man like them. And so even though they're taking their lives in their hand, they were like, I don't, we don't care. Like, this is God. We've been in the presence of the Lord. 
This is God we're dealing with. So they rushed in and they confronted him. And they said, it is not for you, King Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work for the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron, who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary because you've sinned. What are you doing in here? He was right next to the, to the, to the veil that he could have, in his, in his arrogance, he could have walked through the veil and tried to touch the Ark of the Covenant. And he would have been, he would have been fried in an instant. And they're like, what are you doing? You bless your heart. <laughs> Which is a Christian way of saying, what a moron. Get out of here. You've sinned. The Lord, God, will not honor you for this. And Uzziah, who was holding an, an incense burner, look at his response. Look at how different it was when he, than from when he was 16. And he listened to counsel. He listened to God. He humbled himself and submitted to God and his word. He, but Uzziah, hearing 81 priests are standing in here with him. He was, it's one against 81. And he became furious. Because he was too big for his britches. He was the guy now. And now, so this wasn't just about the priest. This was about God. He was trying to put himself over God. And it says that the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. So in his anger, God struck him with leprosy. He broke out on his face and he had leprosy until the day he died. In fact, it says this as we read on, and we don't have time to read all this, but as we read on, it says he lived in isolation in a separate house, for he was, ex- he was excluded from the temple of the Lord, and his son Jotham was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. And we, we read that even at the end, it says he wasn't even buried with, in the tomb of the kings. He was buried in a field next to the tomb because he had leprosy, and leprosy made him unclean. Leprosy made him ritually unclean. So here at the, at the height of his ego, at the height of his power, he goes in there and he, and he tries to pull a fast one on God and God showed him, God put him in his place and struck him with leprosy and that was the end for him. That was the end for him. And God didn't want to do that. God, the priest gave him a chance and, and God is a gracious God. He gives us a chance and he gives, sometimes he gives us second and third and fourth and fifth chances. But he didn't listen And the truth is, this is the lesson for us today. God's holiness is serious business. I think it's so easy for us to to hear something in God's word or to listen to a message or for for our spouse to try to help us and give some godly advice or young people for your parents to give you some godly advice and you're like, well, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And what you're doing there, listen, I want you to hear this. If, this is, if it's godly advice, what you're doing this, you're not just rejecting the opinion of a person, your parents, or your, or your spouse, or your mentor, or a pastor, or a leader in your life. You're rejecting the opinion of God. And what you're doing is you're putting yourself on equal footing with God, and that's what Uzziah did, but only for a moment. And then he was humbled, because God is holy. And so the message today is about recognizing and respecting the holiness of God. I want to close our message by going back to Isaiah chapter 6. Because if you remember now, Isaiah 6, we started with the year that King Uzziah died. It says that 
In that year, Isaiah, I think it's so interesting if you, put the, if you piece these two things together, that it was in the year that King Uzziah died, the guy who tried to put himself over God in the temple of God, he tried to elevate himself in the temple of God. And now we have Isaiah here in the presence of God. It was in that year when King Uzziah died that he saw the Lord and Isaiah's ministry started. And it says that he was sitting on a lofty throne and the train, train of his robe filled the temple. So Isaiah has this vision of God in his temple and attending him were these mighty seraphim, each with six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, with two they flew. And they were calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. I hope you'll remember this, Isaiah. Uzziah didn't. I hope you'll remember that God is holy and that the whole earth is filled with his glory. Not just this temple, but the whole earth is filled with this glory, his glory. And the, their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. And then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. That's the proper response to a holy God. That's a guy who doesn't approach God too casually when it comes to his holiness. Now I want to close with this thought. Because some of you might be saying... This just doesn't sound like the God we always preach about here at Alpine Church. Like you're making me, you're, you're scaring me now. So which one is it? Can we approach him or can we not approach him? Does he want a relationship with us or, or is he too holy for that? I want, I want to make sure that you don't misunderstand. I, I don't want you to think that we can't approach God. In fact, at the end of this in Isaiah 6, we have this beautiful this beautiful story, it says that one of, when, right after he said this, I'm doomed, I'm a sinful man, and I live among sinful people, and we're all doomed. And it says, one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He took a burning coal from the altar of incense. This holy, this holy altar. And he took that coal, and it says in verse 7, he touched my lips with it. And he said, see, this coal has touched your lips, and now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. The good news of the gospel is this. In the Old Testament, if you were unpure, you could not touch somebody. Like Uzziah with his leprosy. He was unpure. He was impure, so he couldn't touch. He was, he was cordoned off for the rest of his life he could, because he was ritually impure. And if, you were, if, he were to if an impure person, if a person with leprosy were to touch you, you would be impure. And so in the Old Testament, impurity was communicable. Your impurity could be, could be communicated. It could be passed on to the next person. But what this is talking about here is the New Testament way. What this is saying is that the seraphim took this coal and that he took this coal which represented purity and holiness and he touched Isaiah's lips. And what he was saying is there's gonna come a time where rather than the impure infecting the pure, there's going to come a time where the pure will infect the impure. And that's what was happening is this coal was representative of God's holiness and purity. And he touched his lips and he says, now you're pure for I've taken away your sins. And this is the good news of the gospel is through Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for us. Because we're not holy, but he was holy. And now the good news is his holiness we get to receive Rather than when he touches us, and Jesus did this all the time, when he touched a leper, he didn't get leprosy. He didn't, get, he, didn't, he didn't become impure. When he touched a leper, the leper was healed. When he touched a dead body, and that was impure, you weren't supposed to touch a dead body. 
When he touched a dead body, he transferred his purity to the impure thing rather than the other way around. And the reality is the only way to stand in the presence of a holy God is to be purified by Jesus himself. If you're here today, I want you to know that you need not fear God's holiness if you receive his righteousness through Jesus Christ. And today, I I hope you would understand that, that that if you're here and you'd say, I've never received the righteousness of Christ and I want to receive that, then you do that through faith. Because God, who is holy and who is set apart, and we shouldn't be too casual about that, God has made a way for us to be in relationship with him, and it is only through Jesus Christ.